Yo, it's been a moment. Uh, welcome back to Diary of a Ghost Entry 22. Maybe check that real quick. It's been a moment. Yep, Entry 22. I hope uh, you all are staying warm this winter. It is freezing cold where I am. Um, not too bad, not too too bad, but I am cold. <laughs> and if it happens to be summer where you are, I hope you are staying cool. Um, <sighs> now what to talk about? It's been a moment. It's been a moment. And I have, uh, I actually realized today that, oh well, I started this little project, this little diary in January, and it is now December. I've tried recording at least once every month, and I think I did manage to do least i think i did manage to do that and i i let somebody for my personal personal irl flush space life uh know about this diary i actually even sent them the link and so if you're listening hi <laughs> oh it's kind of scary you know because i started this diary because nobody was willing to listen to me as uh you may have noticed i speak very slowly and in great detail when I am telling a story of my life, even if it's just about my day. And so I conditioned myself to just shorten my stories or not talk about them at all, just because, you know, over time, it really does get aggravating knowing that no one is listening to you. And you guys get the better end of the stick for some episodes, I think most episodes, because I will edit out a lot of my silences unless they are, um, necessary. But some of the times I will be thinking for a while and not being really able to say anything because I'm thinking so much about what to say next. I'm the type of person that literally, um, kind of like a teleprompter. You know how, like, the words are moving on a teleprompter? Well, if you know what a teleprompter is and they are reading it off as it goes, that's how my brain works. But also, my brain processes things slowly um, for my consciousness. The way my, subconscious is, the way my subconscious works is it goes quickly. Um, it will just take in all the information. But in order for me to consciously think about it, I'll have to slow it down, which is useful when referring to my videographic-esque memory because my my brain will record everything and I've been working consciously uh, replaying those memories so that I can go back and retrieve information um, but that's not the greatest for conversation because people um, specifically the people in my life they're busy or they're just uninterested a lot of the time and that's fair I talk about dreams I love dreams I love hearing about people's dreams I love telling people about my dreams because I think they're very important. Like, I was talking with Ethereal today about a dream I had. And we discovered that this dream... Okay, well, let me tell you a bit about the dream real quick so you can understand the point. So, we were... Uh, basically, what happened in the dream is that I looked in the mirror and I saw my face. And then there was, like, writing on my face. But it was like somebody was carving into it. Like, that scene in Harry Potter... When he starts writing like on the paper and it starts carving into his hand that's kind of how it was but on my face and deeper i know graphic um but i wasn't scared i was more intrigued 
and trying to read the letter but the more i was trying to read this letter like the, it was like a paragraph that this person was writing on my face um the more i tried to read it the more my brain tried to pull me out of it so i was trying to like look at it and try and like memorize what words were there without reading them consciously but uh trying to use my subconscious already in my subconscious was a little difficult <laughs> and so um i did manage to get the word i which was like the first word and then there was two words that were next to each other it was like no have or have known something like that um you know like they went together um that i tried to remember when i woke up and i didn't write them down and i can't quite remember what they were anymore but um a little backstory on me and dreams with mirrors in them where i look in them I, every time I would look in the mirror when I had a dream, I wouldn't see myself. Like, either it was just a completely different person, or it was like me, but it wasn't quite me. And so this, this, um, this time in the mirror, I didn't want to look at the mirror for some reason. And it's probably because every time I look in the mirror, it's not my face, you know, in, in dreams. But that's one of the things that intrigued me the most was that it, I actually saw my face like, perfectly as I look is what I said. Well, Minus a few things, but, you know, basically my face structure and my skin tone and details of my face, right? And it was, that's the first thing that was like, whoa, what's happening here? And then it was the writing, right? And so it was like, there's writing on my face and it's not just one word. It looks like a whole paragraph. It's like they're saying sentences. And so that was another thing that was intriguing. And then I was like, well... It looks like it's carved into my face, but there's nothing carved into my face. You know, like I didn't touch it or anything. I don't think I did, but I didn't feel any pain. And it was a very trippy situation that I know, like, typically I should have been afraid of, but I wasn't. I was more trying to figure out what was going on. And so I was talking with Serial about it, and they were like, um, I forgot what exactly they had said, but I was thinking about it, and I was like, what if it's like a message from my inner self, like trying to get to me, trying to get me to understand something? And that is, that is like the thing feels like I was, I'm, I was thinking the same thing. And so like a lot of the time I'll tell Ethereal like my dreams or something like that. And they'll say one thing and I'll just crack the case. Or they'll, they'll like, I don't know, they'll send me their energy, like psychically, like their thoughts. And I'll, I'll say them out loud and they're like, I was just thinking that. I don't know, Ethereal and I are very connected somehow. Like, we can't really explain it, but we'll be thinking the same thing, or, or I don't know, like, we'll feel like when the other person needs help or they're in pain, like, when she gets sick, like, sick, sick, I'll also get sick some way. And it's so weird. It's so, it's very interesting how, like, our energies are synced or something. I don't know. And, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but, like, I feel like Ethereal and I, our soulmates, but not in the sense of like we lived different lives in the past together, but as in this is the first life, this is the beginning of the soulmate relationship. And I can't quite explain it, but I truly do feel like that because I feel like now we're kind of linked. We we shouldn't have been friends with the way that we were. Like we are very well now we're more alike, honestly. But in the beginning, like we were very different. I even tried to stay away from Ethereal because I was like, that is not the type of person I want in my life. And Ethereal was like, that is a scary person over there. I'm going to try and stay away from that. 
then we kind of just came together um actually through a mutual friend who was their best friend at the time brought um brought ethereal over to my party and i was like oh well well they asked me if they could bring ethereal and i was like yeah because like i'm cool with ethereal so like you know like they're chill like yeah they can come to my party we weren't really friends and then i had like another party this is uh before <laughs> everything so um had another party and ethereal and apex are actually the only people that showed up so that's when actually that's when the trio started with me ethereal and apex <laughs> apex apex has oh you know what i haven't told you guys um apex has like low-key officially cut ties with me because we were like in a relationship in a game uh for the benefit and they broke up with me so i kind of took that as like that was the the breakup like that was the breakup and um ethereal's birthday actually recently passed and we were throwing a party for ethereal me and ethereal's boyfriend and um we invited apex and apex was like i don't even live in town anymore so i can't go but i think that um apex actually lives like maybe 20 minutes from where the party was 20 30 minutes i think i'm like 97 percent sure that's where they moved because that's where they were the last time i spoke with them um which is kind of like just outside town um so they totally could have made it they just didn't make the effort <laughs> common theme apparently in apex um speaking of apex i still care about apex you know i still want apex to thrive okay that's not true i still want apex to live a good life <laughs> um i just it sucks you know i still i think i finished grieving and mourning the loss of that relationship but it's still it still kind of sucks because there are things that like there are certain voids in my life that apex would fill and Ethereal is totally down to step up to the plate to fill those voids. Because Ethereal doesn't know that those voids exist. And I am still a little bit too scared, I guess is the correct term, to ask for that. I was speaking to Ethereal about how I've noticed that, oh, 11-11, make a wish. So, I have this ten tendency, um, because I was conditioned this way, you know, and it, it kind of sucks to fall back into old patterns, um, I have, but I, I have this tendency to, I actually don't remember what I was going to say. It's like right there in my mouth, I can feel the word developing, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Anyway, I guess we'll just, we'll move on. Um, so, I was neglected as a child. Okay, that's not entirely true, but it sure felt like it. <laughs> I guess we're gonna- I guess we're gonna talk about this. Um, my mom was a single mom, and she worked a lot, a ton. She was a manager for a store, and even though she wasn't supposed to work as much, she was working a ton because she wanted her store to thrive, right? Like, that was her store. Um, that was her baby, essentially. She wanted it to thrive. She wanted it to succeed. And so I was actually raised by my grandma. And, you know, my grandma, she was great to me. 
Um, she taught me lots of things about life. You know, she raised me. But um, I still wanted my mom. Like, I still desired my mom's attention, love, and affection. I understood why she couldn't be there, but I still wanted her there. You know, like, I guess I never really entirely talked about this. I don't even think of my therapist that I talked about this, really. Um, because I forgot about it <laughs> until right now, I guess. Um, when I was younger, like, I would have, like, award ceremonies or events and things, and my mom just could not attend because she was working, and it really sucked. Um, so, like, it was great that I still had my grandma there, but, like, I wanted my mom, you know? So I was, like, I guess emotionally neglected by my mother when I was younger. And she's a lot different now, like, give, like I, I give her whole credit for actually evolving, but back then, it sucked. Because my sister, she, like, she would complain, obviously, when she didn't want, when she was uncomfortable, or she wanted something, or, you know, something wasn't to her liking. She would complain. And, I don't know, at some point I had developed, do not complain, ever. Do not do that. You will get over it. It's not that big a deal. And I still kind of carry that with me now. Um, it sucks. <laughs> because then people can don't know when I'm hurting or when they're making me uncomfortable. Until it's kind of to the point where I start taking drastic measures and I stop caring about what other people think of me. Like now, I, I care very little. Very, very little. Little to nothing about what people think of me. And I know I'm jumping around, but it's because, like, a part of me wants to say everything at once, and another part of me doesn't want to say anything. <laughs> um, but there was this time where I had, I was rehearsing for a play, and I was so tired. I was so tired. And I did not want to go to this birthday party. But my mom dragged me all the way to this birthday party with all my entire family, like, extended family, like, what I call my family is me, my my grandma, and her household, and my two aunts and their household. That is, well, like me, you know, my household, my my mom, my sister, yada yada. That's my family. I have a whole extended family that is in town, but I don't consider them family anymore for reasons. Anyways, back then it was like the whole whole family, right? Whole shebang, cousins, aunts, great aunts, uncles, whatever, and. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go so bad that I had settled on if you're going to make me go, I'm not going to talk to anybody. And you can explain to them why I'm like this. Because they're going to ask you. And I just put my headphones in. I ignored everyone. Everybody. I sat in the corner and I ignored everyone. And I do kind of feel bad because my aunt's husband, maybe at the time, boyfriend, <laughs> he was trying to get, like, he was trying <laughs> he was, like, kind of still kind of new to the family, but I was, like, I was cool with him. And he was trying to ask me, like, what's wrong? Like, why are you upset? And I didn't want to tell him because I knew I was going to start crying. If I didn't say anything, I could stay quiet stay the way I was and work through it myself and 
everybody of course is curious because they're like why is she sitting in the corner ignoring everybody like that's rude and my mom was getting mad at me too for doing it and I was like in my head I didn't want to cause a scene you know I just wanted to be silent and go home when we were done I didn't want to cause a scene but in my head I was like you're the one that dragged me here I told you I didn't want to come here and I'm not going to act the way that you want me to act just because you wanted me to do it I told you I didn't want to be here. You dragged me here, now you deal with this. So if you're a parent, and your child really doesn't want to go somewhere, and they start acting the way that I do, and the way that I do, and just not talking to anybody, leave them be. Leave them be. Don't say anything like, oh, they're just being moody, they're just in a mood. Like, don't, don't say that. Because you're not making the situation any better. You are making it dramatically worse. And I put my headphones in so I could not hear what they were telling, what they were talking about. But I could still hear her talking, and I could still hear her saying she's just in a mood. For hours, like maybe two hours, I didn't talk to anybody at that party. And I don't feel bad about not talking to anybody. I felt bad about my, my aunt's uh, boyfriend at the time. Because he was trying, he was confused. He was trying to get through to me, and I was not having it because I knew I was going to start crying. And so that's typically how I deal with things most. Is that like if I get dramatically distressed over something, I will go to by myself and work through it. Then I feel, I feel very deeply about a lot of things, especially when it comes to my interactions with my mom. There was another time. Mom has a tendency to say things that she doesn't really mean. Like, literally, she'll say things she doesn't really mean. And my sister is the same way. But, it still sucks. Like, even though, um, like, I know they don't really mean that. Still, the fact that they said it hurts. And a lot of people are, I think a lot of people are like me in the same sense. Because there are people that have, you know, BBD or, um, or maybe it's the only one that's coming to mind, but you know other, uh, other or just mood swings, or um, you know just like where they tend to be very angry or heated, and they say things that they don't really mean, or they kind of just snap at you for no real reason, you know. And I understand things like that. So like as long as someone apologizes to me, like I'll eventually, you know, I'll get over it. But I'm still a person, you know? So, um, <laughs> uh, I can, st- that'll still tack up. It'll still be that way. I'll still feel hurt by what you said. It won't, it won't just go away because you apologized or said you didn't mean it, but you still said it. And that is something that I think a lot more people should acknowledge is that words do hurt. They used to have this saying when I was younger, and I don't think they say it anymore. Um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Um, they would, like, you know, they would, adults would tell their children, or just children in general, that to try and get them to not take everything to heart. But people that said things that were doing the hurting with words took that and ran with it. Like, oh, it's just words. Why are you crying? Why are you upset? Why are you repressed? It's just words. It's not just words. Words are backed by 
emotion and relationship. If a random person on the street says I hate you, I'll be like, um, why? <laughs> if my mother said I hate you, that would hurt. That would cut. That would cut me. Because I have a, a relationship with my mother, you know, like, she's my mom. I've known her my entire life. This stranger on the street, I don't know. You know, like, their, their opinion of me would be more curious for me than, than actually something I don't care about. And, yeah, I guess I've been conditioned to do a lot of little habits that are bad for me. The good thing is, I am very aware of these habits in school. I am semi-actively trying to combat them. I have other habits I've developed in place um, to combat those habits. Um, I guess, I don't know if I mentioned this, but my biggest issue, the biggest issue I have, is abandonment issues. I can't tell you why. To be honest, I have no true idea like my mother never abandoned me my biological father <laughs> i bet you some of you if you've been listening for at least half as many as these are um are probably curious about my biological father i am too don't know who he is well uh every time my mother has told me his name i forget it immediately like immediately right after i need i need her to write it down because then i like if something were to happen to her um, I would not know his name. <laughs> I just wouldn't. That information would die with her. Um, so I'm actually, yeah, I need to remind I need to remind myself to ask her to write it down for me. But um he left me before I was born. Like literally before I was born. Um, was according to my mom saying that he doesn't have girls. Which obviously you did, you <laughs> Um and my um he did want to see me when i was like 13 but i was a very bitter person then um well not really bitter i was just like no i don't want to see him she's like you don't want to meet him at all and i was like no like he can he can die never knowing me i didn't say that but that was my that was kind of my feeling at the time i had like just started middle school or something i was just like no he doesn't get to know me he doesn't get to wait 13 years and then decide he wants to be with me. Which, now, I would like to meet him. I would like to ask him a few questions. I would like to have some answers to maybe some of the habit, not habits, some of the things um, that I do. Even though, you know, actually, I don't want to talk about that. I was going to talk about something with blood, but I don't want to talk about that. Um, but my mom can't get in contact with him anymore. So, I kind of want to get, like, famous, just so he can, like, see my name, and then, like, come in contact with me, only so I could be like, huh, now you want to talk to me. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, like, I didn't know him to feel abandoned. So he's not the right of my abandonment issues. And I've never really been abandoned People have just kind of left me, but they said goodbye, you know? Like, it wasn't just, like, I was abandoned. And there's another thing, and it's it, this is actually based on, like, experience, I guess, where people will come into my life, 
and they will have some sort of root issue or issues with themselves, I will help them fix it, and then they will leave. They will exit my life. And that's good. That's literally what's been, like, that's what happened with all of my friendships, even Apex. Apex, um, didn't have someone to talk to. I was their only friend. And then they got a fiancé, and they decided they didn't need me anymore. That's truly how it feels like, and since Apex refuses to tell me why, um, that is, as it, that's how it'll stand, that's what the record will show. And I remember I was at, um, a restaurant with my sister, I forgot what we were, like, arguing about, kind of, and she's like, well, Apex abandoned you. And I started crying. Immediate, immediate tears in my eyes. And I was there with, like, my family, like, and I was just, like, crying. She's like, are you crying right now? And I look her in the eyes. I said, yes. Because now, um, I tell, I will cry in front of people. Like, regular silent. (laughs) Um, funny fact. I don't make noise when I cry. Recently, I've been making noise. Like, I've developed another, like, you know, like, like, sobs. Like, wham. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But, um, you know, like, when that noise that people make when they cry? Yeah, I've only recently developed that. <laughs> um, but before it was the silent cry, like I could cry in a silent room and nobody would know I was crying if they didn't look at me, you know? Um that's how I used to that's how I used to cry. And um that's because when I was younger my mom would tell me stop crying. And I obviously couldn't stop, she's like be quiet. So I would stop making noise and I developed a uh, silent crying off of that because I was an incredibly obedient child and I didn't want to make waves or uh, draw attention to myself in case I was going to make waves. So the only time I would draw attention to myself um, is when I absolutely had to, like when I would graduate or my teachers would talk about how good I'm doing. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I've i recently heard in like, well, just in high school, actually, where I decided I was going to cry in front of people and they were just going to have to deal with it <laughs> because that's it. Like, I, I wasn't going to apologize for crying. I wasn't going to go run into the bathroom and cry. I was going to cry and they were going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I just remembered a small emotional attack I had. Um in class my senior year and I can't remember why. I think I had gotten back by a Thera appointment from a Thera Thera appointment and we had to do a group project. And it was me, my one of my closest friends, and a new girl in the class. And my friend we had to read, you know, out loud to each other. And I was trying so hard to keep it together. So and I sat in the middle of the class too. I was trying so hard to keep it together and my friend um she did not notice that i was trying so hard to keep it which kind of sucks you know i I just realized that now is that a lot of the time she did not notice my energy shifts or the slight differences in myself which is very strange like nearly everybody knew that about me that was that was close to me they could tell she could not like in the slightest for some reason and um I remember she's like, you're not, you're not even reading, like, you're not doing any work, you know, kind of jokingly, and then she's like, looked at me, like, she really looked at me, and she's like, are you okay? No, I am not okay. And my teacher, um, I guess she realized I wasn't okay, she, like, kind of looks at me, 
um, she's in the seats, so my class was, like, split, so there were seats on one side, and, like, a, a row in the middle of the room, with just no seats, and then there was, like, seats on the other side, and so she was standing in that middle section, and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, <laughs> you're not okay. I think I actually said that I was okay, like, I just nodded my head, and, like, just went about my work, and I can't remember much after that like either she came up to me and like asked me if i was okay or she just took my word for it but now i was like that low-key made it worse because now the people around me were looking at me and people that heard her ask were looking at me but i was looking at my desk and i was trying to like pretend like i was by myself so that i couldn't like i wasn't gonna get more agitated with the people looking at me so, yeah, I just finished my class because, you know, if I don't leave the classroom, then I can pretend that uh, nobody sees me. <laughs> nobody knows I'm crying. Because uh, I'm very good at centering myself around myself. You know, like pretending like I'm the only person in the room and that nobody else is there or everyone else is just minding their business. And I'm not part of it. So, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> Uh, you're obviously not going to hear that very long silence, but I had to take a break to blow my nose because I am crying. Like, uh, there are things that I think I work through, or not even work through, like, I, I guess I don't really think about working the, through them because, like, I'm already over them, you know? They don't really affect me now, but they're, you know, it doesn't mean I got over them over them. So sometimes when I'll tell these stories from my past, I'll start crying. <laughs> Because I didn't really properly cry for them in the moment. They're like, uh, like, reserved tears. Like, they're like, yeah, they're like, uh, like coupons, I don't know, for certain places. And it's actually certain memories in my life. Like, these tears must be bent on this moment in time. So when I retell the story, like, the tears just flow, you know? I think that helps me get through easier. The more I talk about things, I think I've mentioned this, the more I talk about things, the better I feel. Like, I will tell the same story, my same thoughts, like, 40 times. And every time I see them, I will feel better. Until eventually I get to the point where I won't cry about it anymore, I won't feel upset about it anymore. It's just a story. Right? The only thing that doesn't work with is laughter, like happiness. It doesn't dwindle. Um, I do feel better, though. I feel better after crying. Another thing about me is, you know, um, when my mother would tell me to stop crying, I always like, tried my hardest. Tears would just come down my face, so the more and more she said it, and the person that was in me was crying, I literally stopped crying so much. The most tears I've cried, I think, is four. I was like, two each eye, for some reason. Um, I don't know how to fix that exactly, but I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> a fascinating little piece about myself and so i think i mentioned earlier that i sent this podcast to ethereal because they were curious and i realized that i do want ethereal to understand me ethereal like kind of understands me but kind of is very still confused about a lot of things i know a lot about ethereal ethereal will share like so much with me and i realized that i haven't shared all that much about myself with Mostly because Ethereal is a very busy person. Like, super busy. Like, they've got so many things on. When there's, like, a lull in their life, things are still going on. Like, I have a very chill life. Um, 
for the most part, little things here and there, but for the most part, I have a very chill life. And, um, so when a three-year-old gives me an update on their life, it's like, oh, this day, right? And then they'll ask me for an update, and I'm like, oh, I didn't really do anything. <laughs> Nothing new has really happened. I would like to talk about my mom a little bit more. Um, they've definitely grown. She has grown so much. She has changed. She is actually considering growing my sibs and, like, feeling, like, definitely changed because before she was very i am always right sucks if you're a parent you're just a person and you think you're always right um you're not always right because sometimes you do not have all the information which is true you know i even when i like feel like i'm right i will say i'm most likely right a lot of my language my dialect my fucking oh i'm so sorry my vocabulary um is almost mostly most likely least likely almost never you know like i avoid very definitive speech patterns a lot of the time sometimes i'm not paying attention to it but a lot of the time i will avoid you see even right there a lot of the time i'll avoid very definitive speech patterns and i think it's better to speak that way in general like my brother he says, oh, um, I never do this, or that never happens. He mostly does it with negatives. And, um, I'll tell him, well, that's not true. This doesn't never happen. It happens very rarely, but it doesn't never happen. But I think that really helps to change the energy 40-40 of a person and themselves. You know, like, especially with negative speech of, like, this never happens. This is never going to happen, you know? It's always like this. Like, I think it helps change the energy from being so definitive and more free-flowing. Which, I guess, is just easier for me as a Pisces. <laughs> um, because, what is it? We're, like, the most mutable sign. Like, the mutable sign, which is, like, the most free-flowing, moldable, um, not exactly conforming sign. I think that's what it means. Um, speaking of Pisces, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about age, but not current age, 41, 41, age from a year ago. That's the age that I liked. That's the age's company that I enjoyed. That's the age that I spoke to all the time and had these interesting interactions with. And that age doesn't seem to exist anymore. Which is unfortunate for me, and I do think somewhat unfortunate for age themselves. Because that person, you know, spoke very freely and was still somewhat a little difficult to get along with, but you could get along with them, and they had passions, dreams, and fun little ideas, and now they're more rigid and seem to have more weight on their shoulders, and very it's got a more ugly energy to it which of course i can never say this to h because h would never listen <laughs> h would never listen to me or what i have to say because they don't respect me as a person apparently like <laughs> as an intellectual i forgot what they told me and i don't really want to go looking for it for back check but i i wish the best for h from a year ago the, the age that I met a year ago. The age that I know now, I mean, like, you could be doing whatever. I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> um, but, like, it, it really makes you think about how people could change. 
so quickly of no contact. You know, like, you just don't talk to them for even just a year, and they're completely different when you do. They have these new interactions, and they those new interactions shape them in one way or another, because they are adding to the collection of interactions and experiences that people have. And that's why I think words are important. I guess we'll tie it back to words, because words are the easiest way to communicate. I prefer to vocally speak to someone than to text. However, <laughs> I also have a thing about calling people. I don't like calling people unless I have something to tell them. 4444. Um, which I often don't feel like bugging people. <laughs> I often don't call people. People call me and then I'll talk to them, but I prefer in-person interactions. Which, of course, over the 2020 year was next to impossible. And it's funny that I actually made my online friends in the 2020 year and kept them for two months. <laughs> it still feels like it was longer. It feels like it was longer. Hold on, I have to pause, so let's hope I remember what I was talking about. Okay, um, I think I was talking about online friends. <laughs> um... I don't really remember where I was going with that point. And I don't want to replay it because if I start hearing my voice, I'm probably going to stop recording. Wendy. <laughs> anyway, um, Wendy. I haven't really spoken to Wendy. Uh, I think we left things poorly. And I just, I don't really want to try. <laughs> Unfortunately. I don't really want to speak to Wendy anymore. Like, intentionally <laughs> i don't know why i just i don't feel the need to and that sucks because nebulous um i really want to talk to you again i'm actually considering uh recording a little final words to nebulous hopefully not final words to nebulous um for when they're available to listen to it because i'd like them to hear my side of the story <laughs> um but I don't, I don't know. I like low-key scared. But I mean, I have nothing to be afraid of, really. I just, I want, I want Nebulous to hear from me what happened before uh, Wendy and Age poisoned him against me. I don't even know if they could. Nebulous is so amazing. He taught me, he really showed me a lot about being yourself and still being able to maintain friends. And telling people when you're tired and you're going to go to sleep now or when you're uninterested in something you know like very voicing your opinions and thoughts i guess even though nebulous was quiet a lot of the time but when nebulous did speak it was very insightful 47 47 and i'm gonna miss that i'm also gonna miss her and their animated speaking patterns and different thoughts and opinions. It's unfortunate that I had to part with them. It really is. <laughs> it sucks. But I was an outsider into that group anyway, so. And I'm sure they'll survive without me, um, without me being there. I wonder how Bunny's doing. I wonder if Bunny's still there. <laughs> it's, it's not a great space for is it yin? Is that the feminine energy? Yin, feminine energy. It's it before it was manageable. Like if you just if you just push through, you could you could manage it. But that was in the village. In that new server they made, it was not. It was not. It was no. 
you could push and push and push as much as you wanted and it was not you couldn't make it through it you couldn't it was like it was like trying to put a tornado in a bottle <laughs> oh i'm sorry um yeah it was bad it was bad <laughs> not gonna lie to you there i i do wonder how they're doing now i do wonder how they're doing that's like my curiosity i guess i think i kind of just hold that curiosity in general because I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what I was saying. Yeah, I'm talking. I, yeah, I don't know what I hope for in the year. I hope for happiness specifically. I hope for happiness. I hope for guidance. I hope for the TFT. I hope for people to, oh, I don't think I'm picking up my words. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I think I'm going to get into fortune telling. I mean, I'm already into fortune telling. I think I'm gonna start more often because I think that's interesting. I've always found that fascinating. Yeah, I guess that's all I have to say. Um, thank you for listening as always, and I will see you in the next one. Hopefully, that'll be this year, and not then I'll see you in the new year. It's catchy, isn't it? It's all catchy next time. <sighs>